ask you to grab your Sunday school books. Grab your Sunday school books for uh, this week's lesson and go to the book of St. Mark's Gospel. I love that we're going through the Gospels. So let's get into St. Mark's Gospel, chapter number three. And in chapter number three, uh, it's going to be verse 13, verses 13 through 19, and chapter six, and verse number six, well, chapter number six, verse number 6b, and verse through verse number 13. So with that, I am going to go ahead and turn it over to Elder Daniel Simpson. I'm going to step out for a second. Turn up and I am going to uh, turn it over to Elder Daniel Simpson. He's going to pray and get our lesson started. And I will be back in about 30 minutes, 30 seconds. Praise the Lord, everyone. We want to thank God for this opportunity. It's such a blessing to... Uh, expound in the rich word of God. It's just uh, the wisdom for salvation is in his word. And this is why we gleam in his word so we can know what is required of us. So we can please our heavenly father who has sanctified us through the blood of Jesus Christ. So heavenly father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we want to thank you for this opportunity, Lord. Truly, this is a day that thou has made. We're going to rejoice and be glad in it. We're going to teach your word. We're just going to just, you know, be so in awe of you, Lord, because of the plan of salvation you have given to the human family. We just want to thank you, Lord, for not leaving us where Adam and Eve placed us, but you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to bring us out of that, that, that muck and mar and to redeem us, give us a heart to please him to the Father so we can see his face in peace. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we are in lesson number three. A victorious kingdom. Amen. Yes, yes. The believers should have some victories over here, Dr. Simpson. Oh, we've got victories. It's just um, there's so much more that is to be had. And, you know, the more we know, the more we have to fight with. Yes, and Jesus setting this lesson up. Uh, Mark chapter 3. Verse 13 says this, And he goeth up into a mountain, mm -hmm. and he calleth unto him whom he would, and they came unto him. And that word calleth means he summoned. Yeah. He yeah. summoned his, his disciples. Yeah, we find out that it's the disciples, but so he called who he was, and so the next verses tell us who they were. And he called them um, to himself so they could practice particular spiritual gift such as teaching, preaching, and prophecy under the power in Jesus' name. In this case, he would send them out in his name to work miracles. Yes. And to work all types of healing. And I as like we that. Go through this lesson. Yes. Yeah, and I like that because Jesus is with them right now and you know, I'm here, so you're going to give this a test run. You're going to go out and you're going to uh, do what I've told you to do and what you've seen me do. And then when I leave, you've already been there. You know the routine, you know the drill, you know how to address things. And any questions and concerns you have concerning this ministry or what occurs while you're out there on the field, let's discuss. Yes. All right. 
So verse 14 says this. Okay. And he ordained 12 that they should be with him <laughs> and that he might send them forth to preach. Okay. So he ordained them, Dr. Simpson. He appointed them to proclaim that the kingdom of God has arrived. Mm-hmm. And that there is a, a new and living way. Yes. They're going to learn that. There's so much to open up yes. in their preaching and teaching, but they had to go out and experience the power of God in them. You know, when he ordained them, he gave them power. Yes. So they had to go out and find for themselves that this power is subject to you. Every other power is subject to you in my name. My name, yes. Because when Jesus came from his baptism, mm-hmm. you know, the scripture said he went forth preaching, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And that's what his disciples came with. As you stated, as Jesus preached the power of the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. he gave them the power to do so also in his name. And I think actually scripture also says that he went forth uh, to preach the kingdom. So you see that's the very first thing he starts to talk about is the kingdom of God. Yes. All right. Verse 15 says, and to have power to heal sicknesses mm-hmm. and to cast out devils. Okay. So, so if this is the very first thing that he puts them uh, on out there for, Go out, preach, cast out devils, um, heal the sick. This is not something that happens when you get high in the spirit or you have an exceptionally anointed um, day. This is something that is to be routine, a routine part of our ministry and the work of the gospel. This is just a part of it. It's just like every day when we get up and you know, we clean ourselves up and, you know, we get prepared and we make sure that we know where we're going first. And our, there's not a day that we shouldn't do that. Yes. And it's the same way. And it may not be a need every day, but it's just as routine. Yes. And that's why Paul said in Ephesians chapter four, he said, I beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation where you are called. We're called to do this great work. And as you state, we have to walk worthy every day. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to pray, yes. pray in tongues, be filled with the Spirit, so we can go forth and do what God has called us to do in the power of the Holy Ghost. I agree, and I don't even mind hearing that. You know, praying in tongues, because you know the Bible says that we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So there are too many things that are in the course of the day. There are many things that are sprawled out in our pathway we have no idea about. So um, to have the privilege and to have the blessing and to to be filled with God's spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, then we are actually communicating in the spiritual realm. Now, it's, a, it's also important to understand that our human nature and our, uh, our mortal intellect, our you know, human personality cannot confer with the spiritual world uh, as far as the, the depth 
because there's all kinds of workings out there that are God has the angels of God working for us, fighting for us. We have the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God that actually does a very critical work in the spiritual realm, but we don't see it with our eyes. And then you've got the enemy who is out as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And so because all of these things are out to stop the gospel and to interfere with the deliverance of many, you know, out of the hands of the adversary, we need these weapons. So he puts them out there. And the first thing he wants them to do, preach the gospel. And then he says, Mm -hmm. cast out demons, take authority over those spirits. Yes. You know, so it's not even a, oh no, I don't know. I've never been there before. Get somebody else or, you know, how do we do this? It's, it's actually a part of what we should be doing. Yes. And these, these, whom he has ordained, these 12, they would represent Jesus and were endowed with his authority, mm-hmm. his name. Mm-hmm. So he told them to go, he said, in my name. In my name. So and I think if we go to the end of Mark, he spells it out. The last verse, or last, okay, in chapter number 15 of Mark, he spells it out. So that way we can follow what the scriptures have said. God bless you, Mother Wilson. Um, in chapter number 15, he says in verse number, Pilate Marvel, that's 16. Uh, he said unto them, go ye into all the world, preach the gospel unto every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. So um, we got to believe the report. Okay, number one, we can't be arguing and going back and forth with our human mind. It doesn't make sense that we're going to argue it down. You got to believe God. This is a part of your faith walk. Verse number 17 says, And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them, and they shall lay hands upon the sick, and they shall recover. I actually heard somebody, and this had to be somebody that is either scared, doesn't believe God, or doesn't have the Holy Ghost. And they said, okay, well, since you said that, then you 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 go out there and cast out a devil. It was as if, you know... They weren't, for, they weren't for that terrain, that territory. They weren't going to work in that realm. So, um, you know, if you believe God to, you know, give you his spirit, you can believe that his spirit is going to work. All right. So verse number in the lesson, back in the lesson, in verse number 16, 16 it says, Simon, um, he surnamed Peter. Yeah, so Peter was the first uh one that would be ordained, ordained, he's called him by name, and Peter would be the first one. Okay, and his name was Simon, but he called him Peter, which um, means a pebble or petros or a rock. A rock, yes. Yes. So uh, they all have purpose because Peter Peter has a foundation. He's going to stand on, and we'll see it as we go through the Gospels. Verse number 17. And James the son of Zebedee and John, the brother of James. So James and John 
the sons of Zebedee, which he also surnamed them Borgenes, which is interpreted the sons of thunder. So, uh, (laughs) I was teaching this and they were saying, oh, we had thunder over here, you know, at the the facility. They said, oh, we had thunder the other night. I said, really? Because I don't know if it was just because it's so, you know, a bit north from here that I didn't hear it or we didn't get it like they got it. You know, they're more in a country setting so they could hear it. And uh, she said, yes. Oh, yes, we got it. And as a matter of fact, every time the thunder rolled, we lost power. So our power went out at about two in the morning and it didn't come on until noon. So I said, oh, that's a good analogy. You know, this power, it just overthrows, you know, things. And so it's the way uh, that Jesus named them, the sons of thunder, is because in that word, um, uh, 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 what, what is the other one? The sons of thunder, uh, and Borgenes because they were the sons of encouragement. They had the gift, uh, gifting or the ability, even before the Holy Ghost fell, they already had the power when they went out to preach the gospel with the power Jesus gave them. They had the, the ability to speak and give great words of encouragement. So that's why they were the sons of thunder because it just, you know, whatever was, was hurting them or traumatizing them, you know, their words shook it, Right. you know? And so they were very, very powerful in, in the words of encouragement. Oh my God, don't we need that? Yes, we need to be edified. We need to be edified. We need to be encouraged. We need to uh, use the gift of encouragement. Um, be able to lift up the hung down head. Confirm the weak and the feeble knees. All right, verse number. So those are the sons of Zebedee. So those are siblings. Verse number 18 and Andrew and Philip and Bartholomew and Matthew and Thomas and James, the son of Alphaeus, because now we have two James. One is the son of Alphaeus and the other one is the son of Zebedee. All right. And so then he says also, um, there was Alphaeus and Thaddeus and Simon, the Canaanite. Hmm. So he came from Canaan. He was a Gentile, yeah, yeah. What? You knew that. <laughs> what? I can. I think I overlooked that somehow. I think I just got the names and said, okay, that's 12. <laughs> it was the Canaanite. All right, so uh, that would be Brother Simon. <laughs> okay, and then verse number 19, and Judas Iscariot, which also betrayed him. So, you know... You know, as he's introduced, his uh, his um, shame is also introduced along with them. It's not like, oh, there was a Judas, and then later on they find out, you know, he betrayed him. It's like, let's just tell you right up front. Yeah, he, he knew Judas was going to betray him from the beginning when he picked him. Yeah, but the way his, it's introduced, it's like, okay, this, here's so-and-so, 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 so They didn't say Peter's going to cut off somebody's ear and be cursing. They didn't say that Thomas was going to say, I got to stick my hand in his side. And, right. and they didn't say, they said, no, this Judas, he's the same one that betrayed him. So, you know, you get a, a, a you get a, a reputation along with your introduction. All right. So, and then he said, 
and they went into the house. Now he's chosen his 12 and they go into the house. Okay, so now that is the first part of the lesson. Okay, so now we're going to go to chapter number six, which I really saw something here that I think is going to uh, give us a little bit more help. Bring it out, Dr. Simpson. Well, I am, but I don't think it's going to come up first. Um, It's going to come down toward, because it's going to be six and 6b right chapter 6 and verse 6b okay all right and power unclean spears yeah it's going to come out just a little bit further um down so let's go ahead with 6b 6b says or or the second part you know the, the second clause in that verse um says and he went round about the villages Teaching. So let me ask you this question. Mm-hmm. Why did Jesus do this? Because um, the first part of this chapter, it says that he went to his hometown, mm-hmm. Nazareth, and they rejected him. Okay. So one thing we know that a prophet is not without honor, except mm-hmm. in his own country, among his own people, in his own house. So they were like, they were making statements like, isn't this the carpenter's son? Right. You know, now here you are saying, now you're the son of God all of a sudden. We remember when you were born. So, you know, they just didn't get it. Yes. So, and I think one part of the scripture says that there weren't many miracles that he could do there because of that, because they yeah, were so blinded by the natural side of him. Yes. And this is the reason why in verse 7, he called unto him the twelve and began to send them forth by twos and twos and gave mm-hmm. them power over unclean spirits. So that is something that you have to understand too. Now, I, gosh, had my experience with unclean spirits. I had no intention on doing this. I just thought that I had grew up. I'm in my twenties, and I've gotten my first revival. I'm out on the field. I'm in another state. And I just thought this was just another, you know, milestone in ministry. And lo and behold, uh, there were individuals there that were demon-possessed. And the pastor informed me that because I was the evangelist for the week, I had the authority because the anointing was on me and that I would have to cast out the demons and I quietly and secretively let her know I had never done this before and I don't have any experience with this. But look at what he says again in verse number seven. He said, he called unto him the 12 and began to send them out by two and two and gave them power over unclean spirits. So what is the big deal here? It's that maybe we've made more of a deal of it because, uh, you know, it being, oh, casting out demons, you know, their fears I've heard, you know, that they can, they, they beat up the sons of uh, Siva. And um, I've heard that they've, you know, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, that popped the chains in, in, the, um, in, the graveyard. in the graveyard, you know, um, 
Uh, and, and then the other things that demonic powers were doing, people were possessed and would throw the people down and make it look like they were having seizures. So the thing is, is that the devil, he's just like, this is where Balaam and Balak got their, their instruction from. He cannot stop. He cannot take away the power that you have. But if he can intimidate you or put fear in your heart to cause you to think that you are up against something that you have no... Well, without the Holy Ghost, we found that out, right? The seven sons of Siva. But he will put fear in your heart and make you think about all those kind of things. But it clearly says here in verse number seven, and he sent them out and... He gave them power over unclean spirits. So when that happened, the only thing I knew was to go back to what I'd seen in the scriptures where the Bible says, what is your name? And then they respond and then you call them out. Or another one was just to quote the scripture. The the Lord said in that moment, he would tell you what to do. And in that first, that very first time, and I didn't know what to do. And I had seen one battling a couple of other individuals that were twice their size and it was a couple of them and just one of this individual and I said I am not you know I can't beat you know two of them so scripture came to my mind greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world that is a scripture that is the sword of the spirit and when that scripture was quoted that individual collapsed They collapsed as if all their strength was taken out of them. And we need to know this. We need to be taught this. We need to go over this stuff, this information, because this is the day, isn't it? Yeah, we have to equip the believers. You have to equip them, because aren't they out there? They're having uh, meltdowns in public. They're they're having all types of um, um, behaviors on planes and in the streets and just everything but you have power so this is the day I didn't mean to take so much time but I do think that it's something we don't hear enough of if we don't hear enough of it then you know we may not know it or we may not use it and that's just not where we should be at you got to be on guard yeah you got to be on guard you got to be trained once you train to are equipped to go to battle and after you've had that experience then it's like Uh, you don't have to try to convince me because I remember. And just as, like David said, like he was with me, with the lion and the bear, Goliath, you're in trouble, pretty much. All right, so we're back now into the lesson. So, verse number eight says, and he commanded that they should take nothing for their journey. And this is uh, also by faith, because you would think you got to pack up and load up, take a lunch, clothes, where are you going to sleep? You know, all of those things. you got to get all those logistics in order. But he said he commanded them that they should not take nothing for their journey, save a staff. So only a walking stick is what they were to take. He said, you don't take a script. You don't sit down and write out a sermon. You don't write out, you know, uh, your agenda or an itinerary. You're not doing that. Don't take any bread. Don't fix anything. Thinking, you know, along the journey, in case we get hungry, we have something. No, there's a specific reason. I'm telling you, don't do it. 
and money. Okay, well, we can't buy food if we don't have money. I'm trying to show you so much in one journey. Don't take money. Don't take script. Don't take a change of clothes. Don't um, uh, take anything with you on your journey, not even a change of sandals. Don't take another coat so the weather changes. I'm trying to show you something. You are out there, but I am uh, I am in authority, and I'm going to provide for you. Yes, I wrote a note for that. It said they were to count. Uh, they were to count on Jewish hospitality for food and lodging, mm-hmm. like the prophets of old. Mm-hmm. who were often sent on assignments mm-hmm. and had to totally depend on God. And that's the way it's... Like Elijah and Elijah. John the Baptist, yeah, right? He had to, he just, he just was out there. He didn't, he wasn't farming and he wasn't, you know, there were no merchants coming out to him. There were no ravens flying in. The Lord just provided and he was content. So godliness with contentment is great gain. He couldn't complain like they did in the wilderness. Here we come with this manna again. Can we can't, you know, it, it's, it's a very, it's a, it's, it's a faith walk. It's yes. what's going well, on. Well, yeah, you look at, look at Elijah on his assignment, you know, God sent ravens to feed him. Mm-hmm. Then when the brook, brook dried up, yeah. he sent them to the widow of Zarephath. Okay, okay. Yes. And gave instruction. Yes, and a city. It wasn't even a city in Judea. It was a city in Phoenicia. Okay. And when and when and when and they weren't they weren't Jews. No, Phoenicians. No. Okay. Whose son? When when her son died, Elijah restored back to life. Yeah. That's faith. That's mm-hmm. totally dependent on God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you see that they provided home for him. Um, but here is God telling them, don't take anything with you, nothing. And then in verse number 10, he says, and in what place soever, this is the part that I wanted to just look at a little bit. He said in verse number 10, and um, in what place soever you enter in to an house, there abide till you depart from that place. So stay there at that one place until you depart from them and whosoever shall not receive you nor hear you when you depart from thence shake off the dust under your feet for a testimony against them barely mm -hmm. this is what I like about the verse 10 let's go back to verse 10 if you don't mind yeah Verse number 10. Yes, the New Living Translation says this, and I'm reading in Luke. This is what Luke said. Okay. Luke chapter 10, verse 7 says, says don't move around from house to house. Uh-huh. Stay in one place, eating and drinking what they provide. Yeah. Don't hesitate to accept hospitality because those who work deserve their pay. Okay. So, so when you went to that city... You're just not hanging time. out from this yeah. house to that house. Eating and, and drinking. Yeah, and, just oh we're we'll oh yeah, we'll have breakfast over there. We have lunch with you. And no, you're you're on a consecrated level right now because you're on a mission. Yeah. So, you know, it's not about just eating and drinking and visiting yeah. and socializing and fellowshipping. You're That's on a spiritual not. assignment. Yes. That's to preach the gospel mm-hmm. and Cast out devils, lay hands on the sick, they should recover, mm-hmm. work miracles, all this in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. And in order to do that, you have to be consecrated. Yes. You know, you have to have, you know, your flesh under, and your your spirit has to be the dominant 
part of you that is activated. But if you're doing all this carousing and all of this, you know, visiting, then there's a problem. You're interfering with the anointing. You're interfering with uh, the work of the ministry. And even those times when you're uh, going to the next house and next house, I could be giving you rhema. I could be giving you a word. I could be giving you what is needed for that house at that time. So this is a good lesson, and I think it's applicable today. So I don't like going out shopping when they want to take when you go out and you're in the field. I don't like going out shopping. I don't like going out, you know, let's go to this restaurant. Let's go here. And -and so-and-so said they were going to come see you. I'd rather be by myself because... I don't know who's going to be in the service and I don't know what they're going through. I don't know what attack that they are under. You know, all pain and all injuries are not visible. So some people are under severe injuries. They've suffered wounds. And so, but God knows. So I have to well, give that's myself. He, yes, that's what he sent the Holy Spirit for. The Holy Spirit job is to, you know, um, edify the body. Mm-hmm. And to present Christ with a bride, right? The with church, the mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit job is is to make that church whole, mm-hmm. deliver, mm-hmm. heal. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. you say, you know, sickness and diseases under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. people get delivered, get delivered. People are possessed under the power of the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. The scripture says, "The anointing breaks the yoke." Yeah. So the Holy Spirit has to do this job. And we as ministers, we in partner with the Holy, we've been called. And like you say, Dr. Simpson, this flesh have to be silent. In it the does. Field. And the Bible says that Jesus went about doing good and healing all those that were oppressed of the devil. Yes. Which, well, why are we doing something else we shouldn't be? So anyway, verse number 11 is what really kind of took a little bit of a extra um, uh, in, uh, information me gave me extra information and whosoever shall not receive you nor hear you when you depart thence shake off the dust under your feet for a testimony against them now um you know we i don't know how far in we go with that um okay shake off the dust you know well hey i just you know nope i've been here and i'm just gonna i'm done kind of like that but um, there is, and I shouldn't say um so much, but there is a, uh, a residue, which is what the dust on your sandals is a residue of from the journey. And sometimes um, there is a residue that you went so through, you know, great pains maybe to get there and you committed yourself and you... Uh, forsook your own personal pleasures and family and other obligations to get there. And then you you get there and they don't care. They don't want to hear. They don't want any parts of it. Well, we're still human. So it may take a bit of a toll on us that in number one, that they don't want God. That troubles me. How can you not want God. I mean, I know the God of this world has blinded the minds of them to believe not, but you know, it kind of makes me heavy for God because he's so gracious to send us to them. 
So there's a little bit of residue there. And then plus all the efforts that we came and then now you're treating us like this and you're throwing us out. And you know, this is so sad and it's such a waste and you know, probably treated you a little bit bad. So I'm getting an understanding that as we depart, there is no need to carry a residue of resentment or a residue of frustration or disappointment or that you've come short or, you know, that you didn't reach this individual. Shake that dust off because you have done your part. And, you know, what does he say from there? He says, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. Verily, I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. So, you know, if somebody, if, if, it's, if it's anybody that can come and make an argument or some kind of an appeal, you have a better, Sodom and Gomorrah has a better chance than them. Because they had the clear gospel sent to them. Demons were under subjection. They were under Jesus' rule. And remember, whenever they reject him, whenever they reject us, they reject him. Yes, it said, which was really a rejection of Jesus and God who sent him. Amen. So with those rejections um, of the Father and the Son, he said it will be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah. Then in the day of judgment. Yes, yes. So we are actually, um, we're actually coming to the point where um, we're seeing where Jesus is saying, I don't even want you to have any kind of anxiety about this because it's not even you that they're rejecting. They're rejecting me. And you know what? Uh, I'll take care of it because in the day of judgment, you know, if anybody had a chance, Sodom and Gomorrah would be better off than these people. And then he, I think he says, um, if uh, the people in Tyre and forgot the other one had the opportunity to hear the gospel like you are hearing the gospel, they would have repented a long time ago in sackcloth and ashes. Nineveh, yes. The preaching of Jonah. Yeah, what, yeah. What and they did, they did. All right, so verse number 12, because this, um, where's my book? Because this lesson is going to just end right about verse number 13. All right, so verse number 12. And they went out and preached that men should repent. So repentance was the first order of business. Yes, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Mm-hmm. And I like this, Dr. Simpson, because the kingdom of God is at hand in demonstration of power mm-hmm. and glory of the Holy Ghost. Amen. In Amen. Jesus' name. It was signs and wonders that really following their ministry. So the first thing is repent. It's not just, you know, listen to this, get all anon with joy, get all excited. And uh, say, oh, okay, I heard the gospel. No, let's have some repentance because you now have to turn away from those things have to be abandoned. You know, you have to change uh, the direction that you're heading in because your back is toward God. Bishop Barnacle Word last night in Bible class was called Froward. And um, when I looked it up, it talked about being backward, opposite 
Um, it's almost like breach, you know, you're, you're going in the total wrong direction, untoward. And it's so many ways to apply that. And um, so you have to, when you are in need of repentance, it means the direction you're headed in is wrong. The things that you're doing are contrary to what the scriptures are teaching. And you are also in an offense to God. So that has to be turned around. Understand that. So the first thing that they taught them was to repent. All right, then verse number 13 says, And they cast out many devils. So I guess they repented. And they cast out many devils and anointed with oil many that were sick and healed them. So the Spirit was able to work. Yes. This is what it says in Luke chapter 10, verse 17. Okay. 20, I read it. Mm-hmm. And the 70, the 70 that Jesus had sent out mm-hmm. returned again with joy. Mm-hmm saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. Mm-hmm. And this is what Jesus said. He said unto them, Behold, Satan, I beheld Satan as lightning falling from heaven. Mm-hmm. So the, the big, big part of that is that, um, remember, they're subject to you in my name. So it's not about you. Use your name. And see how far you get. God bless you, uh, Minister Glenda. But if you are, if you're using your name, see how far you get. God bless you, Elder Mel. Oh, that's Sharon. Um, see how far you get. But they're subject to you in my name. So keep me. You know how the scripture says, "Keep the first thing." And that's scripture. <laughs> how the, how the, the the jargon of the day is, "Keep the first thing." The first thing. Jesus said, they're subject to you in my name. You're not using my name. You're on your own. Your name does not have recognition in in the spiritual realm. Somebody might know you. Somebody might, you know, you may have a a, a powerful name, a very well-recognized name. But in hell, it means nothing. So he said, they're subject to you in my name. And I want you to repent. And so, obviously, these people repented because they were able to take the next step, which was to go ahead and preach and to go ahead and cast out, it says, many devils, many devils. So there was so much need out there. There was so much uh, uh, the world was in, even then, and we say our world is in a dreadful condition. Well, of course, it's in a dreadful condition, and it's in a dreadful condition um, even in here. But we see that because they use the name Jesus. So anybody afraid when demonic activity starts stirring? And let me say this. I've heard others say that when someone came in and they began to act out and the spirit began, the demon began to manifest himself. Some people say you would be scared to No, you would be scared. Don't join me into your, because you are weak in the faith and my faith is not in myself. I know that my sufficiency is not of myself, but my sufficiency is in God. And so I can do nothing without him. So that if you have that mentality, then you don't go around, you know, run, you know, 
saying things because you can get other people to have that same mindset. Well, this is what it says also in St. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. He said, Behold, I give you power yeah. to tread on serpents, scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy. Yes. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing. Nothing. And that you have to believe. But they say, oh, no, if somebody came in here and you would run. And, and then they said you'd be scared to death. No, you have, you're telling on yourself. You're telling on yourself. I feel that, you know, if God says there's subject in your name, I wasn't, I wasn't even close to 30. I was afraid. But then when they said you have the authority. You've been ordained. By God, not by man, because all I had then was a, a little ministerial certificate, but well, I hadn't been ordained. Well, everybody who have the Holy Ghost is ordained is, is being, by have God. Been ordained by God. He but, sanctioned you. But it's, it's, it's your spiritual life. Are you praying every day? Are you, you know, building yourself up? Up in your most holy, holy faith? faith? Praying in the Holy Ghost. We have to pray in the Holy Ghost every day. Are you living a consecrated life? Consecrated life. Are you living a double life? Are you doing things that are offensive to God? Do you have bitter water coming out of the same mouth that, you know, you bless God with one side of your face and then out of the other side, you curse man. You know, that, all of that is going to put you in a predicament because when you get ready to Cast out. You got all of these impediments. You gotta. You gotta have. You got to forgive. You cannot have any any unforgiveness in your heart. Mm -hmm. You can't have any bitterness in your heart. And then another and another big part of that is that the devil knows that he uses you to bring division. He knows that he can stir up malice. He knows that he can um, get you to you know. Ride the fence. Easy. Waver. Off. Get easy so, off your game. Easily. And so then when you tell him, I get behind me, Satan, he doesn't have to do with you what you told him to do. He doesn't have I say in the name of Jesus. No, no, no. Especially if you got unforgiveness in your heart, he can always bring up something that somebody have done to you, you have not forgiven them. Mm -hmm. And now he handcuffed you. So the problem is what Jesus said, when the devil comes, he finds nothing, nothing in me. Yes. So you have to make sure that this is the way, and if this is the way that you're living your life, you can, you know, just go forward in power. But, you know, it's today because, I mean, they can't go to school without a bunch of shootings now. And I think there was another shooting at a game in Denver. And um, then they had all kinds of, you know, all kinds of incidents are going on. So what are we doing? Walking around saying, oh, I don't like watching the news. I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to hear about that. Well, what are you what are you here for? If the salt has lost its savor, it's therefore good for nothing but to be cast down and trodden under the foot of men. We are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. We are the city set upon a hill. And so if we're not doing these things, there's a there's a level of worthlessness. And God is so kind and merciful that He gives us opportunities to get it together. But if we're going to continue, 
doing the things that we do. There is a scripture that comes to mind, and then we're going to move on. But the scripture is in the 29th chapter of the book of Proverbs. Verse number one says, if you want to turn there, I believe it says, but I'll read it. I, I, it says, he that is often reproved, because he will tell you, he will inform you. If you're seeking him, he'll let you know these things, these are the things you need to do. Build yourself up in this area. Um, uh, depart from these things. And, you know, but he said, he that is often reproved and hardened his neck shall be cut off and that without remedy. So it's very serious for us. And if we are going to have what this lesson says, um, if you can read, no, I don't think it's read, but it is, it is a victorious kingdom. These are the elements for a victorious kingdom. And without these things, you got a bunch of things going on and the enemy is stifling, you know, stifling our power. So anyway, um, so much more we could say about that, but we are out of time. So um, thank you for joining us. And I'm going to ask if you will, um, God bless you that have joined us and those that will view later. Uh, I pray that you'll take this and everything that God gives you, teach it, apply it, and let's get the kingdom even more victorious than it already is. Um, It's not in numbers. It's not in popularity. It's not in the cult of, you know, whoever is, you know, got the, the limelight. It's in the name of Jesus. So join us again next week. We'll be back with the Lord say, say so. Oh, you're going to have to do this by yourself. I won't be back. So, you gonna do it? Sunday school lesson? So, I won't be back yet, but maybe we can pre-record it. All right, and then I, I do uh, ask that you join on Monday where we will be in chapter number 20 of the Revelation Challenge. I want you to look at those advertisements I put out there. I'm running to some theological uh, nonsense that... And we love you too, Mother Wilson. Some theological nonsense that just interferes with the teaching of the gospel. It's got people believing all kinds of wrong things. And so it came up and it just hit me in the face. And so we're dealing with it, some of the views of the revelation. So if we're going to get it, let's get it all. Let's get it good. God's giving it. So we may as well accept it. All right, with that, I am going to say God bless you. And I'm going to give it over to... Um, Elder Daniel Simpson to go ahead and dismiss us. Unto him that loved us and washed us from, from our sins, sins in his, with own, his blood, own blood. And has made us kings and priests. Made unto us God, kings and priests unto God. His Father. His Father. To him be glory and dominion. Glory and, and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. All right, everybody. God bless you. Have a blessed weekend. And uh, we'll see you next week. On Monday at 5 p.m. for the Revelation Challenge. And on Wednesday at 5 p.m. for the Sunday School Lesson. Pray, pray, Pray for my traveling mercies as well. In Jesus' name. There we go. Now let's download that and see what that cat got to say about it. Where is she? Where is she?
Okay, let's go ahead and download this recording. Thank you, Lord, for the blood. Alrighty, I didn't end this one. So, God bless you, those that have...